Good evening, everyone. My name is Nicole Murphy with MomComplicated.com, and I am also the co-founder of ncbloggernetwork.com, which just happens to be our graceful host for tonight. Um, this is the Blogging 411 show, where we come every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. for 30 minutes to talk about blogging. We are down one co-host this evening. Um, we're hoping that he's not stuck. Uh, hiking around the Salton Sea right now, but I'm pretty sure he's made it back to uh, civilization and he uh, is just has something going on. But I'm going to go ahead and let my co-host Allison introduce herself. Hey Blogging 411 folks, I am Allison Barrett-Carter. I am a freelance writer and a blogger. I also do content strategy. My URL is allisonbcarter.com. I've been in this for about five years now, and I also am one of the co-founders of the North Carolina Blogger Network, which is a brand new project that Nicole and I have been working on over the summer. We are actually, just so you guys know, if Nicole and I seem a little um, spazzy right now, it's because we have our big launch event for the North Carolina Blogger Network tomorrow night. We're doing a pro-blogging mini-con in Durham, North Carolina. But if you are in town and you can make it, that's awesome. If not, make sure you go to the ncbloggernetwork.com in the next couple of days because we're going to be posting photos and all the great tidbits we learned. We have five amazing speakers talking about blogging. So anyhow, if we seem a little tired or behind. We're blaming that tonight. <laughs> yes, usually, you know, it's always something, but tonight it's going to be blamed on the uh, pro-blogging mini-con. I really am really excited about it, but I'm also really excited to talk about the five things you need to kick your blog up a notch, because I feel like this is such a sticking point for so many bloggers. I hear, and I, I say it about my own blog a lot, where it's like I'm doing these things and I, I'm blogging when I can but I just don't, don't seem to be on the level that I want to be at or need to be at in order to continue blogging. Um, how do I get there or how, what do I do and I'm going to go ahead and um, maybe cause a blush on Allison but Allison actually does blog consultations and I've used her services before and they were fabulous because it causes a fresh eye to look at your blog and really get in there with all of Allison's background she's gonna look at not only the front end of your blog but she's gonna pick up on the subtleties of little things that you're doing wrong that you obviously don't know otherwise you would be doing them correctly and um, when I did the consultation I thought that we were doing a pretty good job and she came through lovingly but you know it she gave us such great pointers on things that we could do to make our blog like raise our blog to the next level that I thought that we should talk about this um, so sorry Allison well, but thank you that was, that was a very pleasant surprise I did not pay her to say that anybody so that was very <laughs> nice thank you I love doing blog consultations for the record so yeah they were awesome and it was really great to you know to have that attention and just talk about it in a professional manner instead of just talking to your friends because your friends will usually say like oh it looks great you're doing awesome I loved your blog post the other day and you really need that professional look so anyway um, you can go to AllisonBCarter.com if you want to set up a, a uh, consultation but so some of the things that I have and I know that this would probably be Randy's number one is speed and I've heard Randy say it over and over and over again and I've said yep I'm switching over you know I am on board I've got it 
And then he um, mentioned that he acquired a new client where I had experienced her blog before he took over and then I experienced it after. And let me tell you what, it was a huge difference. And I know I sound like an infomercial right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. But there really was a huge difference. And I was like, oh my gosh, I totally get what he's talking about with the speed factor. Um, I think that a lot of us, when we're out and about, we don't notice that. And sometimes you do. Um, but speed, I would say, is a huge factor for raising your blog up a notch and looking more professional. What do you think, Allison? Yeah, I think that that's absolutely true. I think that from a personal perspective, I know that if a site doesn't load quickly, especially if I'm on my mobile device, if I'm on a tablet, or if I'm in carpool line pickup, like scrolling through my phone and reading, if it doesn't load quickly, I'm out. And it also tends to reflect poorly on your blog if something to consider and really look at. Your content and your words, your actual words and your type might be loading fast, but your pictures or your sidebar might be doing that layered loading, and that can really slow you down, and it can also get a reader uninvested in you really quickly because they might automatically think like, oh, this is a slow site, or I, I don't have time to wait on this, or you know, if they're going to try to click through to things, they might not be able to navigate if you're running slow. Um, and one of the things that I want to make really clear with this topic in general is that Kicking your blog up a notch is taking you to sort of what we call the professional blogger level or the pro blogger level. If you want to be a professional blogger, sometimes you got to pay the pros to help you out. So, you know, the story that Nicole's referring to of this person who went to Randy to ask for help, yes, had to pay Randy some financial compensation for Randy's expertise, but guess what? That expertise really matters. And when you're trying to work with brands and you're trying to host ads and you're trying to do sponsored content and you want to grow your reach and you want to come across looking really professional, sometimes you have to invest professionally in that as well. So we've talked in some other Blogging 411 episodes about stuff you can do at home for your speed. You know, we've talked about the plugins for photos, we've talked about, you know, streamlining things, not having too many plugins, all that sort of stuff. Um, but when it comes down to it, sometimes when you're just trying to get that edge, you're trying to kick it up a notch, it might help to get professional eyes to help you out. Oh yeah, I the the difference was amazing. I actually was surprised, like it startled me how quickly the entire site loaded. I was like, "Oh, like it literally was under 2 seconds." And so it was it was hilarious. But anyway, so speed, people, speed, speed, speed. Um and then another one is keeping your look current. Now we've talked about how it's very important for you to love your look and you know it doesn't necessarily matter if somebody else likes your look as long as it's true to you um, you know and you're really loving it obviously you want to stay away from performance hindering things like uh, white text on black backgrounds that kind of stuff but if you really like purple and you want to make your site purple then that's great but there are certain trends as with everything clothing you know decorate decorating your home, decorating your website also follows trends and you should be somewhere in the current trend. You know, you can still keep your site purple but you need to make it look like it's in the current year. Um, what do you think about that, Allison? I think that's a really good point and people should understand that just like home decorating trends, 
and your blogging design trends, it just shows that you're you know what's going on. It shows that you're tuned into the community, you're tuned into the industry. It doesn't mean that you're trying to be a follower, it doesn't mean that you're trying to copy everybody who comes along who has the next coolest idea, but if there is a cool idea out there and it's working for a lot of people, which is where usually where these design trends come from, right? Like responsive web design, huge web design trend now for a good reason, and by responsive web design we mean the site will adapt to whatever size device somebody's looking at it on. That's a really basic level. But, you know, that was a web design trend that came from the knowledge that this gets people in the site, this makes it easier for people to read. So, you know, web design trends and blog design trends are out there because something's working about them. So by staying in the industry, staying in the know, understanding what's working for other people and using that to enhance your website and your blog can really, again, kick it up a notch, you know, get you to the next level with professional blogging. Yeah, and I would say as far as how often to update your site, I would look at around every two years, like every year and a half to two years. It, um, and just, you know, again, it's, an, it's another added expense potentially, but go ahead and plan for that. Budget it out. Give yourself the year and a half to two years to save that, to buy a new theme or to, you know, rehire someone to do a update on your website. And so... Um, we just want to send out a little shout out to Christopher Jennings Penders. Hey, Christopher, um, my I cannot show my um, comment tracker isn't working, so I can't show your comment, but I'm going to read it. And it says, I think one of the most important things you need to do in blogging is to create a schedule and here adhere to that schedule, maintain that schedule, and blog at that schedule. Your readers come to rely on that. Blog once a week, blog twice a week, but make sure you always stick to the same days. So Christopher really knows his stuff because what would our number three thing be, Allison? Uh, I would go with content. <laughs> yeah, being consistent and content. So go ahead and <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spot. Go ahead and elaborate on that. Well, so one of the things about blog, professional blogging and being a really good blogger is what Christopher says, you know, you don't have to necessarily post on the exact same day at the exact same time if it doesn't work for your schedule, but you got to know that once you start getting people who are really watching you and who really start to love your stuff, if you're going to do like a a Wacky Wednesday or a Wordless Wednesday, or we can always go back to Taco Tuesday, which we talked about in a former Blogging 411 episode, um, then you got to really be committed to that and do it for a while. And you know what? You might find that people start to say, oh my gosh, it's Wacky Wednesday over here on this blog. Um, but then also with the content, <laughs> professional bloggers are delivering good content. And I think it was last week I mentioned how Mommy Shorts is one of my favorite bloggers that I read. If you read her blog or if you just drop by, if the mommy thing isn't your, your cup of tea, just drop by, by every now and then and see how she does it. Because even though she's doing sponsored posts, they are readable. They are good content. They get you in. They they It's just good content. And ultimately, to be a really good blogger, to have a good blog, good content. So you can even scale back and do less posts, but make them good posts if that's going to help you get your blog to the next level. You want to create really good blog posts that people are encouraged to read and enticed to read, and that also makes them want to come back because they know they're going to keep getting good content from you. 
That's so true. When I first started blogging, I went to um, a few blogs that I really admired, and I broke down their posts. How did they usually start them? How did they usually intro to their their subject? Where did they place their images? How big were their images? You know, all that stuff. You're not copying that. You know, you're not copying a website if you're just looking at that, like how they're structuring their things. How did they tie up their topic and then stay true to their um, what whatever the purpose of their website was? Um, so yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and then so I would say that number four is totally sticking to whatever you're supposed to be talking about. <laughs> so. Um, you know, with with Mom Complicated, we talk about things that topics that could tend that you could overcomplicate, that you might find yourself overcomplicating and making your life harder because of that. So we our goal is to try and take everything in our day and break it down and make it more simple in order to avoid feeling like you're so hectic and stressed. Um, so that's kind of hopefully what we stay to. Uh, when we're writing our blog posts. You know, if you're a content marketer, obviously you need to stick to whatever you're talking about. Um, for someone that does more creative writing, Allison, how do you work with that kind of struggle? So what Nicole's referring to is I have a creative writing blog on the side. That's just for fun for me. Um, I don't always do best practices on there, so don't go looking at it thinking that I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be. I know I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. It's just for fun. Um, however, what I do on there is I kind of threw it out there like this is a mishmash. This is just me. You know, I, I didn't find a niche. I didn't theme it because I knew that I wanted a lot of flexibility to talk about what I wanted to talk about. You know, I had things that I wanted to share that were kind of all over the map. Mom tips that I had learned, personal essays that I had put together, funny lists that were just sticking in my brain that I thought somebody else would get. It's all over the place. There's a little bit of crafting on there. Um, but what I did was when I created that the blog, I made it really clear, like, this is everything. And you can see that in my categories that I list. I have just a couple of, very, like a small number of very broad categories, but it's really clear when you first come to my blog and you look at the right-hand side, you're going to see like food, motherhood, parenting, writing, books. So you know when you show up you're getting a mishmash of things. The other, what I feel like I do to kind of theme everything is I stay really true to myself and I think that what makes a professional blogger really good is that you, and I know some people might find, think, argue with me on this, but you've got to put yourself out there as a person. Yeah. You, you have got to be relatable. You have got to tell your personal story. So even if you're doing a DIY blog, for example, I also talked last week about how I love the Young House Love blog. Um, they are all about home renovations. How to, how to redo your home, how to decorate your home, do it all on a shoestring budget, DIY it, like they've got construction tools and they've got really detailed videos. I don't do anything that they talk about on the blog. Why I love them is because I'm watching their family 
grow into their house and they give you that that insight into who they are and what their dreams are and how they're meeting their dreams. They're kind of funny at times. They're kind of serious at times. They'll throw in random posts like you know the birth story of their second child. Um, same with the handmade home. You know they're all about home decorating that you can do yourself. But when it comes down to the end of the day, I feel like I know them and I feel like I want to hear more of their story and I I remember that DIY project that they started and I want to tune in to see if it completes and those bloggers that really grab you aren't being afraid to be who they are with you and mm. I think that that's a key element that a lot of bloggers tend to shut down you know we get so worried about marketing we get so worried about going out there and making sure we're not offending anybody or you know we want to do it the way this other person did it but the more that you can inject yourself into your writing and into your blog, the more that people are going to want to read because, assumably, you're a likable person. I mean, you know, you've, you've got friends. So let <laughs> other people be your friends and let, let readers come into your world, regardless of what your theme is, regardless of what your topic is. I totally agree with that. And I actually um, met Rachel Martin and got to attend a lot of her sessions about blogging. She is um, findingjoy.net. And it was really funny because she was talking a lot about this, but you know how to how to raise your blog to the next level and how to be better at blogging. And it's funny because she said something similar to you, where she said, "My consistency is that I'm inconsistent. Like I've trained my audience to be inconsistent." She's like, "I know that sounds like a you know, you know, like a cop out, but she's inconsistent with her consistency, and she she also makes up words." as long as they fit she will make up words but so that is part of who she is but she's been consistently inconsistent if that makes any sense not like I'm gonna drop off from the face of the earth for four months but that she just doesn't have a day or an amount of times a week that she um, blogs so I thought that was kind of funny <laughs> um, so speaking of making up words Proof reading and grammar. I saw a meme out there, which I, I probably every blogger can relate to, and it's I do my best proofreading right after I hit publish. And it seems like you can read your blog post over and over and over, and you think it's great, and you said that so eloquently, then you hit publish, and for some reason you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> look at all these mistakes. Um, so. Allison, you do a ton of content marketing and a ton of writing every week. How do you get around something like that? Um, the biggest thing is to write in advance and then give yourself a night. So, you know, I'm also a mom. I'm a work-at-home mom. It just doesn't work to have the kids running around my feet. Try, and even though I can have the best trajectory of where I want this post to go and how I want it to sound, with my children in the house, with everything else I've got going on, and I write it, and it's just not going to be right. There will be a grammatical error in it. There will be a punctuation mark in the wrong spot. There's going to be a misspelling. You know, there's going to be a, plura, a plura, singular plural that doesn't match. But if I give myself the night and then come back to it in the morning and just do a quick skim, I usually find so many things that I can that I can cinch up. A nice little tip too is like Nicole says, because after you hit publish, you, usually you know it's an, it's an issue. 
right after you hit publish. Um, <laughs> a lot of times I found that once you hit publish, if you immediately go in and change something that you see, like immediately, a lot of times your RSS feeds haven't grabbed it yet, so it hasn't gone out on any readers. The worst is that, I mean, if you're sending something out on social media, um, the people are going to see what's pretty much going to see what's current on your site, right? So if you're sending something out on Twitter and you've gone and you've changed something on your post, they're not going to see the mistake. They're only going to see what's current on your site. However, that's not how the feeds work. So as soon as something goes out on the feed, um, and we've talked about RSS feeds in past episodes as well, but as soon as something goes out to somebody's feed burner, for example, or you know whatever program they're using to read RSS feeds, that, that's it. Like That's what they see. So a lot of times you have that little window of opportunity after you hit publish to get in there and fix it. Um, so use that and always do after you hit publish. Don't just publish and be like, peace out and walk away. Like Sit down and read it again on your site. And also when it comes to proofreading, Read the preview version, okay? Because a lot of times when you're reading and you're, you're composing, it, it looks or you can glaze over a certain part of the screen, but once you hit the preview and you see how it's actually going to look on your site, you can see that maybe images aren't lining up or you know, you've done something with a caption on a picture that isn't right or there's like this weird paragraph break. So preview it too before you publish it. I totally agree. And so I would say the last thing, we, we kind of touched on it, but I want to go back and talk about the importance of is like your co being consistent in your categories and your tags. Um, and, you know, I don't want to get too heavy into this because honestly we could talk about it for an entire episode on what to do. But with categories, make them things that people are either number one understand and number two are potentially searching for and then you can get a little looser with your tags but make a list somewhere and you know because on WordPress at least they'll show you some of your most used tags um, but I don't think they show you all of your tags but just kind of don't go and throw things all over the place like try to keep that all buttoned up and think about it ahead of time before you start clicking all of those things and making up different categories and and all you know and just assigning random tags to all sorts of things I would I would say that that is a mistake that we made in the beginning and it was really difficult and we're still trying to clean that up so I think that, yeah, I think a lot of beginning bloggers do that. You think in your head, like, oh, well, the more categories I provide, the easier it will be for people to figure out what category they want. But it actually doesn't work that way. I mean, the human brain can only process so many decisions at one time. And if you give me, remember, a lot of people did the old school cloud tag. Do you guys remember that? Where you, and probably a lot of people still have it, but it's like the big box and it has like all the words run together yeah. of all your categories and the ones that have a lot are bigger. And, the one, and you couldn't even tell sometimes where one category ended and the other one began because all the words were just together. And if you think about it, as a visitor to that site, you probably glaze over when you see that. And so that means that I'm not clicking on anything because I don't even understand what all that is. I'm not even reading it. But if you think about holding people's hands to get to the content that you want them to see. So lead them on the journey. Don't just throw it out there and let them click around. Say, you know, I write about, you know, crafting. 
Okay, and then you have them click on crafting, and you don't put you don't have DIY crafting, home improvement. I mean, you 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 broad think broad categories, maybe ten at the top, and then once they go into there, then the tags can help them organize a little bit more. Or you know, one of the things that's really annoying is if I click on a tag and there's one post, right? I mean, like, why would you even create that tag? <laughs> like. I'm already here. I'm reading it, and now I just clicked on this tag, and there's nothing else here, and I'm still here. Like, that's kind of a waste of a click. I mean, how many times do we click a day? It shouldn't be a big deal. However, you know, think about when you have enough content to really aggregate. And you know what? I'm sorry to break it to you, but it's probably going to be having to go back into your old content and fix things, which I have done. I have sat there and I've gone through 500 posts and fixed categories and fixed tags because I realized that people weren't getting to the content the way I wanted them to and quite it wasn't functional anymore. So be a professional and take the time to do that and you'll find that your readers appreciate it. And when Nicole's talking about consistency with your categories and tags, I just want to throw in really quick because I know we're getting to the end of our 30 minutes that consistency in general with your content too, like we talked about, and with your categories, but also with your look. Like when you are presenting yourself on your social media platforms, when you are creating images, when you are using your fonts, be consistent. Remember that people might see you only on one spot and they might not see you on another. You want things to match. And that's that can be the littlest thing like when you go to watermark your photos, which we talked about how to do that in our photo episode on Blogging 411 with Tamara. You want to watermark your photos. Use the same font that you use in your blog on your headers, you know, when you have a logo, use that logo, take elements of that logo, use them other places, make sure that all the fonts on your sidebar and the fonts in your header and the, the fonts for your titles for your posts match and then transfer that stuff to, to your other platforms as well. But, you know, you want to have a consistent look and feel that people know and that is the sign of a professional. You don't have to be a high-end designer to do that. You can use the tools like PicMonkey Canva that we talked about. You know, you get, there are plugins for fonts if you want to do that. You know, take elements of your theme that you like and find the colors. Find the little code for the colors. Um, Melissa Culbertson, who did our blog design blogging forum with us too, she has a great book called Blog Design for Dummies. And one of the takeaway things in that that I tell every blogger that you think that you would know naturally, but create a style guide for yourself, right? And this is gonna this is gonna help you kick it up a notch. Have a document on your Google Drive or whatever cloud drive you use that you can access anytime, anywhere that starts to capture the colors that you use, the fonts that you use. If you start putting a border on all of your pictures, what size border are you putting on there? You know, are you watermarking with a different font? Write all that stuff down because you think it might be easy, but honestly, sometimes you get you forget. Like, how many times have you gone to an ATM and like I just don't remember my password anymore? I've been to that ATM like 50 million times. I don't remember my password. Your brain blanks sometimes. Make it easy on yourself and, and type it in. If you're using the colors, you can get the hex codes on the colors. You can get the little codes on the colors and be really fancy and professional. Then you can just cut and paste those colors out of your style guide. And it also with your style guide, if there's a, a, a vibe that you're going for that you just want to remind yourself, like I, I want to be casual and hip and trendy or whatever, or I want to be 
funny, frantic mom. Just put that in your style guide too so you remember what your look, what your feel is, and, and, and what you're marketing yourself as because blogging also involves marketing. So that's another tip that I think a lot of people forget. I completely agree, and I will say to the people that always like to try new things, like me, I love to tinker and I love to mess, go ahead and tinker and mess and make something and then like send it to your mom. But don't do it <laughs> for your vlog, because I've driven Allison crazy with that kind of stuff <laughs> when we were trying to do, when we were setting up the NC Blogger Network, and I now know, just make something else cute. Make something for your kids. Throw it on Facebook, do something else, get that creativity out of the way, and then go do the same boring, consistent thing with your blog so that <laughs> it it stays true and looks professional. You will be so happy that you did that in the end. Um, well, hopefully it won't be learn, like, It's just learning how to apply your creativity. I'm sorry, you were blue box. Oh, I was gonna say, hopefully it won't be boring because you like what you've done, right? So start with no, the fundamentally like and then yes be consistent and you know what it's gonna make your life easier too if you're consistent instead of sitting down and thinking like oh, I gotta come up with a pinnable image for this post which we've also talked about I've gotta come up with a pinnable image for this post oh my god it's gotta I've gotta create like the next amazing image just go back to what, what you're doing that's working for you that's in your image in your brand and remember as a blogger you are a brand so own that understand and look at how brands do I mean Target isn't running off and creating a different color logo every time they want to do something mildly different like you know who Target is you know their fonts you know their logo you know their colors like you know when you can now look at a TV and before Target even says that it's a Target commercial, you know it's a Target commercial because they're consistent across all of their platforms on who they are. So take take keys from that. Like, be identifiable, be consistent, kick it yeah. up a notch. <laughs> what Allison said. Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week, and we will see you next week. <laughs>